Go, we're rolling. All right. Uh, does that look okay right there? Yep. What does that look like? You're talking about the, the uh, coffee mug? cup. Can't even see it. Put it on the other and, side. And you your audio is good? Yep. You're sure? Yep. Tom's audio is good. How are you doing, Nick? I'm talking right now. It's good. I'd like Nick to. Is a, I'd like to comment on a handsome man. Nick Delgadillo is. Tom is a talking motherfucker, yeah. but he's a lying motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he's saying that Nick Delgadillo is a handsome man. <laughs> he's a lying motherfucker. Nick, because don't, don't believe a word of it. Nick. Nick Delgadillo is. I'm telling you, he's going to call me from DFW. <laughs> One of these days, and he's going to say, Rip, they think I'm a terrorist. <laughs> come, please come down here and get me out of here. <laughs> I don't know if I can get him out of a federal gig like that. Maybe maybe state. The, the federal, feds are federal. It's I think the feds thing. handle terrorism. Well, when they handle it. <laughs> when it's handled, it's handled by the feds. The TSA, the TSA are here to keep us safe. Yes. Thank you for keeping us safe. That's what I always tell them as I go through. Can you grab my balls again? <laughs> Please squeeze my left nut a little harder this next time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for keeping us safe. I've heard people say that. Have you heard people say that in those lines? I've actually heard people say that. Thank you for thank your, you, thank, thank thank you for your what service. You, for what you do. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for letting 92% of the weapons and bombs through in our tests. Oh, I think it's more than that. I, it, was, it was in the 90s. It's in the 90s, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. in the fucking You want to be in the 90th percentile, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> That's don't how be, you do it. Don't, don't be average. <laughs> Join the TSA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome back to the Starting Strength Podcast. We're here today. With our friend Tom Campitelli. Tom is from the Bay Area of San Francisco. Actually, he's from Pennsylvania, and he's stranded for some reason in the Bay Area of San Francisco. And is apparently unwilling to leave. I don't know what that says about Tom. It's a lack of judgment. It's, a, it's, just, it's just bad judgment on Tom's part. But uh, maybe uh, over the course of the next few minutes, we can figure this out. I don't know. Tom, what the hell are you doing in the Bay Area of San Francisco? I decided that I was tired of winter and that I really liked earthquakes. So, well, yeah. Earthquakes are kind of fun. I you know, we were in one earthquake. You remember that deal down in uh, when me and you and, and Reynolds were, were down I do. there? And we were up there in the, in the hotel on the second floor, in, uh, and that was in Las Colinas. Yep. And a little thing occurred, and I didn't know what the hell was going on. And Tom said, that was an earthquake. <laughs> In Texas. In Texas. Yep. And it was a little 2.9 or something like that. But I said, really? I've never been in an earthquake. Maybe that's what it feels like. He said, yeah, that's what yep. it feels like. And here I am, a geologist. Here Tom is a geologist. And uh, that was the first earthquake I'd ever Experience. It wasn't terribly dramatic. Nothing fell off the walls, and but it's a little shake. It's kind of interesting. Interesting noise it made. I guess you hear those out there all the time. Right? Yeah, there's a number of small earthquakes that happen uh, at irregular intervals. Right. Just to let you know that you're standing on ground that moves. Right. Well, that's an interesting. 
That's an interesting thing. What the hell are all of those people out there going to do when this, I mean, you and I are aware of plate tectonics and we understand these processes and they cannot be voted out of existence by the Democratic legislature <laughs> of the state of California. The <laughs> state assembly take a vote, no more earthquakes. We're going to ban earthquakes. We're going to make earthquakes illegal. Earthquakes won't care. For safety, but, yeah. But, hey, we've got to do something, <laughs> right? We have to do something. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, well, it's, it's important to put a large population center at the intersection of the Hayward Fault and the San Andreas Fault because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a good idea. And it's important to build really expensive homes. Well, right, I guess right in, the fault, in right their the defense, uh, at the time, you know, what, 150 years ago, they didn't really know. But they have known for quite some time that when you stand on the ground and it begins to shake, maybe it's not an, a good idea to build a house there. So, uh, oh, that was probably too you know, late by that time. It might have been. But anyway, people are still But anyway, the real question is, what the hell are you still doing? <laughs> You just want to ride that thing down into the bay or what? Well, you know. Like a skateboard. I always, I always wanted to see liquefaction in action. So Absolutely. Uh, Make a, a, an air slurry out of all the dirt yes. in the bay area and just let it roll downhill. Correct. What Correct. a wonderful deal. So, well, I mean, there's there's good things about the Bay Area. Obviously, it's well, I'm densely, sure there are. There's a lot of people populated. There. Uh, there's actually a, a pretty good lifting culture in the Bay. Mm -hmm. The weather, especially in Oakland, is great. Um, yeah, all year. Yeah, yeah. And I moved I moved out there for a job in geology. Yeah. Uh, and then I eventually left that to go and coach and take pictures full time. So. It's just kind of inertia at this point. Well, yeah, and you can coach and take pictures based out of pretty much anywhere. But if you've got a client base built up, I, yeah, there is a picking up and moving wholesale when you're at the advanced age of 38 is kind of a traumatic True. deal. So I need to I need to really be planning retirement. But it's you, coming. You really need to be planning to get the hell out. That's what, <laughs> what you need to do. And uh, you are not the, the only one telling me that. Well, I, I know. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've had uh, discussions about this before. Uh, starting strength gyms are all busy. Yep. All of them are busy. All starting strength coaches that are that are working that are actively want to train people are busy all day. Yep. Many starting strength gyms around the country are desperately seeking help, and uh, and they're they're a very uh, uh, up and coming trend. Black iron gyms um, are all over the place, but black iron gyms that teach our proven methods of uh, getting strong are not. And uh, just because a little gym is run by a bunch of power lifters doesn't necessarily mean they know what to tell you what to, know how to tell you what to do. Right. So, uh, I mean, this whole method is developed uh, from uh, our previous involvement with CrossFit, and when that became too onerous a situation, we left and started our own deal. Tom's been with us for quite some time. Uh, tell us about the development. Let's hear your perspective on the development of the Starting Strength brand, so to speak. I took your barbell seminar in Reno back in 2008, and at that time I was fairly weak and underweight, and you suggested that I correct that situation, and then I came back in 2010 having gotten bigger and stronger. 
I think it was the second starting strength seminar you held. Uh, it was that would in have Wichita been in Falls. February of 10. Yeah, that was, was in that Wichita Falls. That was right here. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, uh, you sent me an email, which just, I think it was entitled RIP. And then the only thing it said was call me with your number, <laughs> uh, at which point you uh, invited me to come and start doing camps. And then shortly thereafter, I interned in Atlanta. And then from there, we've been doing these seminars. And it's been interesting, it's been interesting to watch as the, the method sort of developed based on interaction with the people in the seminars and just you thinking about it and interacting with the kind of developing coaches core as, you know, lifters tried things and discussed things with you. And well, <clears throat> we recognized Tom's talent uh, almost immediately. Uh, a coach uh, not only must understand what he's coaching, he must, he must be able to communicate that material and handle people on a platform and, and uh, motivate and that sort of thing. And uh, Tom's been very good at this. He's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's the best barbell coach, coach on the west coast of the United States. Thank you. Well, we're trying to move him, though. <laughs> I'd like to put him in a gym in Dallas-Fort Worth is what I'd like to do. We'd like to – we would like to have a starting strength gym in Dallas-Fort Worth, and we're, you know, always kicking that around. I think it's a big expanding market, and I think it needs to be needs to be uh, moved into. Well, we'll talk more about that later. So we uh, have uh, developed this method over the course of the past. Really, this is fifth. This is the end of fifteen. These ideas kind of took root about '09, and as you mentioned, uh, a lot of the development has been a, the result of the process of my explaining it in, uh, in lecture material and my discussing all this stuff with you guys in the, uh, in the main group of coaches that we haul around to our seminars on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. You and, uh, and uh, Wolf, Michael Wolf up in Manhattan and- uh, Comrade Wolf. Comrade Wolf mm -hmm. and uh, our friend Matt Reynolds mm -hmm. who, you know, all the old, although he has his shortcomings, he's <laughs> he's our buddy. We love Reynolds. Right. And Mr. <laughs> Delgadillo here, Coach Delgadillo, the handsomest man in the room. Uh, he really this, is. He's distractingly good looking. He, he is. It's all I can do <laughs> to not stare at him behind, behind the camera all the time. He's uh, he's quite a man. He's a specimen of man. He is. <laughs> and uh, Paul Horn's helped us quite a bit. Paul Horn handles video tasks and editing. He's been instrumental in the recent development of the stuff. Who am I leaving out? Soon to be Dr. Feigenbaum. Feigenbaum. Dr. Feigenbaum, who's going to be real busy for the next few months or years. Yep. Uh, he's helped us out quite a bit. And uh, when we take him with us, he does a wonderful job at seminars explaining nutritional stuff that I don't uh, uh, deal particularly well with that he's actually interested in. Steve Hills, our yep. engineering consultant, he's been instrumental in helping us articulate some of the mechanical principles upon which this method is actually based and upon which no other method draws from as its uh, first cause materials. Uh, that's been a 
very important part of the advancement of, of, of our method is that a lot of people just recognize the, just the simple logic of what we, what we teach. And what we teach is not complicated. It's much less complicated if I can explain to you from a physics standpoint why we do things other than just expecting you to, to swallow the explanation because that's the way we do it. Right. Because that's the way it's done. That's it's the way it's also it. interesting that's, to hear people who say this stuff doesn't doesn't work. It's too simple. You can't use high school physics, and then to listen as they don't understand high school physics, and then throw them <laughs> throw their hands up in the air and say, "Well, people I know say who know a lot of stuff say it's more complicated. say it's more complicated yeah. than that." Well, yeah. no, it really isn't. Yeah, it really isn't any more complicated than that, and. An appeal to complexity just is not a strong position to irreducible from which complexity. Argue. Yes, irreducible complexity. Irreducible complexity. <laughs> well, in fact, it is reducible, and we've done it quite effectively. And everybody that uh, is actually educated in uh, engineering, physics, and stuff appreciates our our reduction of what is made out to be a complicated subject into these simple terms. That essentially anybody that knows how to use a wrench. Can understand mm -hmm. if just if it's explained correctly, it's just not that complicated. And this thing has developed over the past, uh, really about six years, really about six years. The second edition of the book didn't include a lot of useful uh, mechanical analysis, but I think the third one fixed all that and filled in that hole and uh, has become kind of the core of the method that we. Uh, we teach around the country. All in, of our seminars fact, are well attended. And uh, in fact, Los Angeles, uh, in January, we're, we're sitting here in uh, the middle of December. Los Angeles in January, I think, has one available open slot. And, uh, and we will, uh, that's going to probably fill this afternoon. Uh, we're in. Uh, California again in February. March is in. Uh, yeah, we're in Santa Houston. Cruz. We're right near me in we're February. We're right in Santa Cruz. Thanks to, in thanks to me and thanks my, to you, my convincing of you. We'll see how that goes, Tom. <laughs> it's not selling very quickly right now. We'll see how northern these, Northern Californians. See if these boys step up. It's time. You know. It's time. Well, it's time to yeah push the button, boys and girls. <laughs> you uh, won't have a shorter drive. Anytime in the near future, uh, Houston is in March. We're back in Brooklyn in April, May. We're in Maryland, and uh, June we're back in Wichita Falls, and that's half of 2016 down the toilet right there, already, already scheduled. So, uh, and we just we just finished a seminar here last night, and one of the seminar attendees, as they often do, came up and told me. And this is somebody who I had had the opportunity to coach about a year, a year and a half ago for a one-on-one -on -one session. And one of the things he said was, you know, it's, it's one thing to read it in the book. It's one thing to even be coached, but to actually have two and a half days to sit down and actually have to absorb the material all at once. It really makes for a very coherent presentation. It really reinforces a lot of the kind of things that you wind up coaching on the platform. So yeah, there's something to be said for a total immersion experience in a in a deal like this. Our weekend seminar is a long, horrible 
weekend. It's, uh, <laughs> it's four hours Friday night. It's at least 12 hours on Saturday and usually 11 and a half hours on Sunday. And uh, by the time we get through Sunday night, everybody in the room knows each other pretty well. And, uh, and I think it's also important to note that every one of these things, uh, w just without exception, we have people that have flown here from, from overseas to, to come to the seminar. We had a, a guy from uh, uh, New Zealand by way of England and Indiana at this one. We had a guy from Sweden here. Eric who came to us from, from Sweden. Who came to one of Jordan the, and my camps right. in Europe last year right. in Copenhagen. And uh, they think enough of our material to come from overseas to, to sit through this long, horrible weekend. And everybody learned something, and we've got a, a, a pretty good educational product. There's nothing like it in the industry. There's nothing like the Starter Strength Coach credential in the industry, for that matter. Ours is the only credential, the only credential upon which your ability to coach is the predicate for continuing in the program. That's the first thing we evaluate. If you cannot coach this material when you get here, you do not pass the course. As a result, everyone with the credential is a very good coach because we have five of our staff coaches attesting to the fact that you can coach this material as well as they can or you don't pass the course. Right. You don't even get to talk about taking the exam. And that makes us quite a bit different than the NSCA, which has some four and a half hours worth of multiple choice and video and, you know, every senior in college with an ex-phys degree graduates with the CSCS. And, I mean, it just I, th I think that's part of the tuition, isn't it? And, yeah, you can also hand those out. You can learn the benefits and, of inhaling on the way down and exhaling on the yes, way up as well. You, a, a whole bunch of just absolute incorrect bullshit <laughs> is what you learn in conventional certification programs. We're telling you the truth and uh, as a result of that the quality of our coaches is unparalleled and as a result of that they're all busy. So those of you watching that have been thinking about uh, whether or not you'd like to try for our credential need to, need to keep in mind that if you can pass the test, if you're already coaching at our level, our credential makes you money and ensures that you are busy as a strength coach. So, you know, speaking of overseas stuff, uh, I think it's worthwhile to note that Jordan and I are going to be in Australia. Well, we were going to talk about that, but but the most handsome man in the room over here held up and held oh, up a note oh. a minute ago, and I did what? Here, hold that up again. What did it say? Oh, see, yeah, I saw that, and I thought I got to ask Tom about that. And then it just went, so, <laughs> so Tom, tell us how a person gets to be a staff coach. You obviously. In other words, working for the seminar product. You need to be first a starting strength coach, so you need to go to the seminar. And when you go to the seminar, it helps if you do a real good job. It helps if you impress us. Yes. There are. A number of people who 
believe they can coach the method, that believe they know what starting strength is, and as soon as they get on the platform, it becomes very apparent that indeed they don't. They're not familiar with the material, they're not familiar with the model, they don't understand especially how to cue people in real time, uh, which right. is unfortunately not as widely distributed of a skill as you would hope given the number of people that are out there coaching. Well, it, it is largely based on experience too, but it's based on experience tempered by a, a, a very good understanding of the science behind this method. Uh, our cues and our instruction are based on our analysis of the movements. And if a person has a poor analysis of the movements, the cues are going to be wrong. And not only that, not everybody has the ability to make instantaneous decisions about what they're seeing, how to correct it, and how to deliver it to each individual person they're training because the delivery varies with the, with the person. Not only do the cues vary with the problems, but the delivery of the cues varies with who you're training. And not every, it's, it's an interesting skill set not everybody possesses. And once you become a starting strength coach, if you want to become a staff member, you need to then work as a coach. You need to go out and show this to other people. It helps a great deal if you are interested and involved in the starting strength community. I mean, the, the website yeah. and the forum are one of the easiest ways for us to interact with a large number of people who are looking to learn this stuff. And actually going there, contributing, you know, being familiar with what we do and what we're talking about and what we're thinking are big components of that. And we've set the website up as the primary method by which we communicate with this community. And then there's the, there are the kind of less tangible factors of do we get along with them? Um, can they put up with you? Can they put up with me? Which Not is, everybody can. It's a difficult task. Understandable. It's onerous even, you know. Do they appreciate uh, the things that we all enjoy? Mm -hmm. I mean, we all kind of like good whiskey. We're food critics, you know, we're foodies. <laughs> Isn't that what they call it in California? I believe so. Foodie. Yeah. We're all foodies. Mm -hmm. uh, aficionados. We're aficionados. We're culinary we're aficionados. We're yeah. uh, Epicurean, <laughs> Epicurean, and uh, you know we uh, we work real, real hard on these weekend deals, and uh, uh, not everybody can keep up with us. But uh, yeah, you have to you have to enjoy not getting a lot of sleep you, and then coaching right. for twelve or thirteen hours a day. Right. Oh. Well, I find that the methamphetamine. <laughs> helps with so, the lack of sleep the company provides methamphetamine it is true now it's good to be in the I, 21st century well it is isn't it <laughs> but those of you <laughs> bastards at the drug enforcement administration <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> so anyway not. <laughs> yeah i am yes <laughs> you know people's attention span being what it is we're probably, they've already lost half of our audience, so let's talk about Australia. Australia. Did I pronounce that correctly? You know, my my Australian accent is not nearly as good as my British accent. If you were, if you were to talk British to Carl Ragavan up yeah. in London, he will tell you firsthand, 
just how good my British accent is. Well, I won't. I won't I'll demonstrate. I won't demonstrate it for you, but he'll he'll vouch for I'll me. Call Carl him here in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but the guy from New Zealand, who actually was from England, I had to explain to him when I I told him to to put his. You know, I hope your your chest is not up. You know, on your on your pull, get your chest up. And then I realized that I I needed to tell him put your chest up. <laughs> And he immediately, yeah. did you notice that? He immediately responded. That really cleaned things up. I mean, it, it just penetrated right through. So cues are important to be delivered in the native language of, of, the, uh, of the lifter that you're trying to, you know, correct. So, true. And he got his chest up just immediately. <laughs> so you guys are going to. We're going only to also, be on the East Coast, though, right? Is that correct. The, Jordan Feigenbaum and I are once again going to spend the winter doing an international trip. This time we're going to Australia in January. Mm -hmm. We're going to start in Brisbane, then we're going to be in Sydney, and then we're going to be in Melbourne. And You're not going to Perth. We're not going to Perth, uh, and the reason for that is prejudice. We're going to hear about that. You know? yeah, I, Those I, people on the West Coast are I, just I, not worth a shit, and we're not going to they're bad people. We're not okay. going to interact with them at all. As, so those as, of you on the on the west coast of Australia, you're out of luck. <laughs> I live. Learn I live, how to act. Okay. I live on the west coast of the United States. Therefore, I know about the west coast of just about every country. Absolutely. That's why. That's why we're not all going the, to the west coast. Yeah, you would They're not. You would not want to go there. All the same. So, Melbourne, Sydney, and uh, Brisbane. Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney. Or Brisbane, Brisbane that, Sydney, Melbourne. In uh, that order. Yeah, and we start. Right. Uh, I don't have a calendar in front of me, and I believe I fly out of here on January 5th, so the first weekend after January 5th. It's basically the month of January. Yeah, we're, we're there for almost right. three full weeks. If you are interested in attending, those dates are available on the website, startingstrength.com, and uh, look and them up. But, but They're not full seminars. Um, right. Since it's just Jordan and I, and for to do a full seminar, we like to have more coaches to actually put eyes on people mm -hmm. and to determine if they're starting strength coaches. But at the same time, they're not the normal camp model where we just do one or two lifts. We're actually going to do three lifts for eight hours instead of doing one or two lifts over about four or five hours. Mm -hmm. We so, did a similar thing in Korea yeah. last year in 2014. Worked pretty well. Uh, we're going we're gonna to cover the squat, the press, and the deadlift. Right. Um, and then uh, Saturday and Sunday in each in each town, we're going to PTC gyms. We're going to personal training center gyms in each of them. They're very nicely equipped, kind of powerlifting central so, gyms. So they're hosting all of us. Yeah, yeah, it's nice of them to, to reach out to us and do that. Yep. Uh, so uh, that takes place essentially here in about. Three weeks, doesn't it? I, I think you're, I, you're is leaving it, in about three weeks. This I'm going to be leaving in about three weeks. It's a It's just under four weeks till the first one. I think right. it would have been four weeks Saturday, and this is being recorded on a Monday. So, you guys that are that are in a position to to go, um, look up the dates on the website startingstrength.com, and we'll uh, we'll get you in. Uh, seating is not unlimited. Yeah, we so limit it, we it, limit it to sixteen attendees per per, per, per weekend. So Jordan and I each deal with eight people, up to eight people at a time. And there's 
There is some lecture. It, we kind of excerpt the seminar. We talk uh -huh. a little bit about anatomy. We talk a little bit about physics. We go over the teaching methods for the lifts. Yeah, but it's just not the same in-depth treatment. No, and no it's not. Beating to death right. that we do at the, at the other at the full seminar. And we we don't have time for that. Essentially, right. we wanted to we wanted to give people an exposure to the lifts and how to lift. We also, in the seminar, when the attendees actually coach each other, in this case, we just run a, a platform. Uh -huh. you know, Jordan and I each run a platform or a couple of platforms. So you come in, you learn some of the basic theory, then you go out and you practice that so that you get an immediate reinforcement of it. Right. And then we have a discussion of programming and a Q&A uh, to right. wrap things up. Well, it'll be a productive session, I'm sure. The uh, only question I've got is how often does Jordan have to stop in the course of this three-week deal and renew his hair product? <laughs> uh, it is it is a frequent concern. But Once a week? I mean, I don't Will wanna... he be able to obtain the necessary products in Australia? He is a Dapper Dan man, he and uh, I am sure he that is. he he's, is going in to... In fact, he's more handsome even than... Barely. The distracting just, and handsome. Just ask the internet. Video. The internet the internet will tell you that as well. Jordan is a very attractive man. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I think that <laughs> I think that everyone agrees on that. I mean the real the real question is if we'll have if we'll have enough time to deal with his eating schedule. You know, he needs to He is rather meticulous about his macros, isn't mm -hmm. he? He is. He is. Well good. <laughs> well Tom, it's been Fascinating talking with you today. <laughs> thank you, Rick. And we'd like to uh, we'd like to thank Tom Campitelli for being our guest on the uh, Starting Strength podcast, and we'd like to thank you for watching. Thanks. <laughs>